Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. If you could turn in the in your Bibles this morning to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We know you are here right now among us. Spirit of God, speak into lives today. Help me to communicate what you want to say. But more than that, Lord, we need your presence in this place. More than anything, just fill this house with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The book of Ephesians, chapter 4. I'm not going to take too long this morning. I'm going to try my best so that you can go and eat some cakes downstairs and uh, we can help this appeal. We're going to be back at 2 o'clock today for our second service as well. But um, I just want to read from Ephesians 4, a bit of scripture to read, and then I just want to share just a few things with you this morning. Hopefully God will help you. Ephesians 4, 17, Paul says this, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus you were taught with this, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up and according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every, fo every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgive you. Amen. Some great words from Paul in Ephesians. And when you read this, you think to yourself, well, I do. Boy, he must be talking to unbelievers. He must be speaking to someone who's not a Christian because I don't know if I'm a person that's slanderous. I don't know if I'm a person that speaks badly against people. I don't know if I'm a person like, like he's talking about here and I'm full of rage, I'm full of anger. He must be speaking to non-believers. But the truth is Paul is speaking to Christians like you and me. He's speaking to the church in Ephesus to say to them, guys, listen. You need to live in the way that you first learned about Christ. In other words, 
there is, a, there is some way in our lives sometimes that we can deviate, in, as a Christian, can deviate and find ourselves in places that we never wanted to find ourselves. Paul says, doesn't he, he says, I find myself doing things I don't want to do. We find ourselves sometimes, I don't know about, I do, I find myself in places that I think, how did I get here? This shouldn't be the heart of a Christian. And, and, if, and if, you don't, if you don't think that today, then there's something wrong. Because the truth is, all of us fall short of the glory of God. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before Him. And so every one of us in our Christian lives, sometimes on the journey we go on, we're going to find that we get into places that I call foreign territory. You don't want to be there. You, 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 you're there and you think... I shouldn't be here. This is not the way of life that I have learned from a young age. This is not the milk that I received. Why am I finding myself in this situation where I now feel dirty? I want to tell you today, this is not a message of condemnation because by the way, the Holy Spirit is convicting. He draws us back to, to God the Father and He wants to bring you to relationship again. So there's some good news here today. Jesus Christ is here to tell you, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to take you from your place this morning of that foreign territory and bring you back to where you should be. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad he is because I don't want to be finding myself in places that I never wanted to get to. The devil loves to get you there. It's his mission to try and get you into a place where you are so defunct that you have no energy left. You have no strength left. And all you focus on is sensuality. Rather than a sensitivity to the spirit which Paul speaks about. Let me tell you this. Sensuality will always contend for sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Your sensuality, things that you want to do to please the flesh will contend for the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. God today wants to remind you, I want you to be sensitive again to me. You see, you lose sensitivity to the spirit when you indulge in the wrong stuff. And we can all do it. Everyone, no matter how well-dressed you are today in church, no matter what your hat looks like if you come to church, no matter how well you look today, there is inside of our hearts sometimes dark areas. And I know we've heard, this, we've heard people preach the message, you come and wear a mask, but we do. We're so good at coming through. Oh yeah, you know, wash my car. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Where can I grab a latte? Deep down in our hearts, we're troubled. We're not here to play a game. We're not here this morning to play church and just all get happy and have some cakes and wash some cars. We're here to speak the truth that says sometimes we look good on the outside but we're in foreign territory. The Bible speaks about you being the citizen, citizenship of heaven. You've been given a new identity in Christ. The problem is that some of us live dual citizenship. And we find ourselves... In the wrong place. I know some people might have dual citizenship, but I'm talking about I'm talking about dual citizenship in darkness. You know what I'm saying. So if you if you have dual citizenship today, we will we will pray for you at the end. We'll have a special lineup for that. Listen, you know, just quite a number of years ago, I Many of you know my driving skills from the stories I've told you are pretty good. And I've had bike rage. I've had all manner of things. You've heard some stories recently. But a number of years ago, I went through a speed camera and it flashed on me. And I don't know what was wrong with the camera. It must have been broken this particular day. Now, don't shoot me down, everyone. But the thing is, some of us make mistakes. You see, I went through it. I saw it flash and I just thought to myself, you know, I hope I don't get a letter. Lo and behold, I get a letter through the post. And this letter says to me, you went through this light and you, it flashed and you've got two options. One is pay the bill and take the points on your license. Be marked on your license for what you've done. The second option was you can come along to a special day where we'll teach you again how to drive. Because you need it. 
And by the way, if you come along, all the fee is paid for. Well, as a northerner, that's the best option. You know, I'm going to go for the option where you don't pay a penny. So I thought, well, I'll go for the second option. And I get free tuition on how to drive again. You know, when I first started driving, I held on to the steering wheel with two hands. And now it's like I couldn't pass my test again if I tried. And so I looked and it said, you've got options. So it went onto this website. So you've got options to choose where you want to go. So I looked at the different options available. And I find uh, the places that you can go to for this tuition day. And I knew that when I went on this day that I'm going to be in a room full of other criminals. <laughs> you know. And I'm not a criminal. I was just trying to get home a bit quicker. And so I look and I look at the options. And I've got to be honest with you. I've got to be honest with you. This morning, when I looked at the options, there were a few options on there where I knew that the places, if I'd have gone to them, I knew that there were Christians I knew who worked there. Ooh. You see, what if they see me? And I walk in and they say, well, what are you doing here? Because I had to take a day off work for this. What are you doing here? So I, I thought... I'm imagining the scene. Someone from church sees me going in this office and they say, what are you doing here? I can't lie to them because then it's going to get even worse. And so I tried to find the option that I thought, I don't know anyone who works there. I'm going to be honest with you today. I'm going to try and avoid it because I don't want anyone to see that I've made a mistake. I'm telling you all today. And so I went along to this meeting. Oh, I thought if I arrive late, it's less time for anyone to see me in this company. So I arrive in late. Then I get a little black mark against my name because I've arrived late. And I walk in and then they say, we're going to take you through. And I thought, because I love coffee, I thought they would give me a cup of coffee on arrival. You know, normally when you go to a meeting, you get registration, coffee on arrival. I walked in, they said, you have to buy your own coffee, sir. And then I realized, you know, I have done something wrong here. So I, I didn't have any money on me. And so someone had to lend me money to get a coffee. And so I got a coffee and I went into this, this day and I sat in there and people were putting their hands up to confess to what they'd done and people were saying things. I'm thinking, well, yours sounds worse than mine and so it doesn't seem too bad. And I, and I held back for a while and then I, I ended up putting my hand up saying, yeah, I went through a light and this is what happened. And I found myself sat there thinking, why am I here? How did I get here amongst these people, all of these criminals? I'm not a criminal. I found myself in a foreign place. You today, what happens is you make one mistake and the enemy loves to take you to foreign territory. He loves to get you to a place where you no longer live like a Christ-filled life, but you live like the unbelievers. And I want to tell you today that God can change that. The title of the message today is A Life Worth Changing For. A Life Worth Changing For. Paul says in verse 20, he says this, this is not the way of life that you learned. He's trying to remind them. He's saying, this is not the type of lifestyle. That kind of thing. You are not like that anymore. You're like someone else. You're a brand new creation. You're not like that. This is not the life that you've learned. There's a story in Luke chapter 15. We all know it well. Of the prodigal son. The prodigal son. The lost son. Who goes off on a journey. He says one day to, to his dad. He says dad I want all my inheritance. I want it now. I'm going off because I want to live. I want to go and squander this. I just want to enjoy myself. The father gives him all of his share. There's another son that's left back in the house and he gives him his share and he goes off. It says here, the younger son in verse 13, he set off for a distant country. Let's just read it. There he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. Next one. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed his pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
You see, the problem is sometimes we're like the prodigal son. We're like the lost son. We say, God, I want the inheritance, the identity. And then sometimes what we do is we live in a foreign land and we take our inheritance. We go and we live two lifestyles. We say, I want to live out and squander my wealth. I want to enjoy myself in this life that I'm in. And we go off to distant foreign territories. Oh, but God's given me grace so I can enjoy life. And we leave the Father. We walk away from close relationship to distant relationship in a foreign place, enjoying ourselves in sensuality rather than a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today that God There are people in here, I believe, and this is a message for some, that you have found yourself just like the prodigal son. You found yourself in the pig pen of life. You found yourself in the place where you have got nothing. It says that even when he found himself in this situation, he had nothing. You know, I used to look at this story and think, the prodigal son ate pig food. The truth is, it doesn't say that. He says he even longed to eat the pig food. He couldn't even have the pig food. He longed to eat pig food. So he sat there looking at pig food, but he can't even have any because his manager's watching him every five minutes saying, don't touch that food. That's a bad position. He has everything to nothing. He says when the famine hit, nothing left. Then he takes it a step further and he hires himself, it says, to a citizen of that land. You see, the difference is you cannot live a dual life. In Revelation, it talks about, in Laodicea, it talks about the, the drinking, uh, the, the lukewarm Christians. When, when Jesus speaks to the church of Laodicea, he says, I'd rather have you hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I mean, that's quite intense. But what he's saying is this, look, I'm not looking for lukewarm people, I'm looking for people on fire for me. If you're not on fire, then I'd rather you be cold than try and pretend you're on fire. Because you're just lukewarm. How many have ever had a cup of tea and it's lukewarm? It's not nice. I want to tell you today that Jesus wants to bring people. You see 2 Corinthians 6.14, Paul says this, for what? Do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. None. I want to tell you to the Father is calling sons and daughters back to the banquet table. He says it's time to come out of your pig pens. Back to the place where I can give you what you need. Taste and see that I'm good. Remember those things. The prodigal son had to make some changes. We have to make changes. It's up to you to make the changes. That's why I said earlier, when the Holy Spirit touches you, it's your job to make change. Jesus does not put you down on the floor and the Holy Spirit touch you and then all of a sudden, all these things fall away. The Bible says that we have to put to death the misdeeds of the body, the lusts of the flesh, deceitful desires, the things that rage against war against our soul. Listen to me, stop blaming the devil. It's not the devil's fault. It's our fault. Our flesh wants to take us into foreign territory and we have to change. The prodigal son had to change. The father didn't go running after him and forcing his way, dragging him out of the pen at the pig pen and taking him home and saying, son, you've got everything you need here. No, he waited and waited and waited until the son changed things. You have the power by the Holy Spirit By the identity you've been given to change your life. Hallelujah.
I'm so glad the Holy Spirit is in me that gives me the ability to live the life that Jesus has given me. Yes, sometimes I find myself in foreign territory. Yes, sometimes I find myself in places that I don't want to be. But I'm telling you today that there is life in His name and He can rescue you from your pig pen. Thank you, Jesus. We need to change our perception. That's the first thing. The first thing we need to do is change our mind. It starts in the mind, our perception. Paul says this, so I tell you this and insist on it, he says, in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. In other words, stop using your brains like the world. Change the way you think. It's about the renewal of your mind. You get your mind changed, then other things start to change. The problem is we try to change our world without changing our mind. Oh, if I just change this, if I just do. But you're not renewing your mind. Someone once said to me when I got saved, ah, you've been brainwashed. I said, well, I'm so glad I am. Because I need it. I need my brainwashing. Because i got so much rubbish inside. And I need God to clean me up. And to clean my mind. Futile thinking is what he says. He says, don't think like the Gentiles do in their futile thinking. Do you know what futile thinking is? That's unproductive, unfruitful, no purpose in thinking. In other words, he's saying the thinking that the world has seemingly has fruit. It seemingly has something productive, but it's futile. It's unproductive. You need to have a mind that is productive, that releases life, that brings change. You've got to change your mind. Stop trying to change your world without changing your mind first. Renew your mind. How do I renew my mind? Well, you need to get back into the Word of God. No, can I renew my mind by coming to the church and being prayed for? Yes, that's part of it. But the biggest thing is for you to get the Word of God inside of you, to change your mind the way you think. The problem is we don't want it. We want a quick dose of the Holy Ghost, and that's it. I'm changed. The change comes from you putting it into action. The Word of God, the fire of the Holy Ghost. See, it's the Spirit of God in you that helps you to do it and to make change. Luke 15, 15, it says he went out, this young boy, and he hires himself to a citizen of that country. See, if your thinking doesn't change, your situation won't change. First of all, he goes and it gets worse. He's in a problem. He's in dire straits. Now, he goes into the pig pen. Now, he's in a worse situation than before. He's got no money left. You see, let me tell you this. If you keep living a double lifestyle, you're going to get to a point where you'll get worse and worse and worse. And the gray areas will get darker and darker and darker till you find yourself in the pig pen with absolutely nothing. You know, I don't know what you think about this, but I don't believe. Some people say, you know, once saved, always saved. Well, I've got my views, but I'll tell you this. There was a time in my life when I distanced myself from God, and I didn't love God. And I once gave myself to Jesus. I lived a life completely alienated. Do you know what? The Bible talks about being an atheist. An atheist is someone who doesn't believe. They act like there's no God. Let me tell you, I acted in my life like there was no God. I became an atheist because I lived a lifestyle that just didn't accept there's a God. Yet I'd give my life to Jesus one day. We can act like atheists sometimes. We can be atheistic in our nature because we act like there's no God. Oh, well, if I'm going to do this sin, no one's looking at me. No one can see me. God sees you. If you don't think God sees you, then you are thinking that God doesn't exist because God says he sees everything. So the moment you start thinking, well, no one can see me today, 
I'm hiding in my little meeting about the car problem I had a few weeks ago. No one else. God sees everything. The moment you get into a place where you in your mind think God can't see you, you're living an atheistic mindset that says God doesn't exist. I don't really know if he's there. You need to be born again. You need to give your life to Jesus and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He calls us back to him, but I don't believe, I don't believe that we can just be saved and that's it. Just sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've got a different view. Don't shoot me on that, but listen to me. Do you know what? I really believe in just, if we have a view that we need to stay close to Jesus, that's the best view you can have. Constantly thinking, you know, it's not I'm earning this reward, but there is a call to holiness in our lives. Not grace living where we just sit back and do nothing. It calls us to holiness to be like Jesus. To live like Jesus. See, this is what happens in Luke 15, 17. He says, when he came to his senses, his mind. He's in a place now of the pig pen. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. In other words, all of a sudden, his place, his pig pen, his place where he's found himself in a foreign territory, hiring himself to a citizen. He's given himself. He's got attachment to something. Some of us sometimes in our life, we attach ourselves to people. The devil has a foothold in our lives. We grip ourselves. We say, here's my citizenship. I'm giving myself to you. I'm hired to you. I don't know what you've hired yourself to, what you've given yourself to, what the devil has a foothold in your life, what citizenship, foreign territory you've given your life into. But this is where he says, I, he came to his senses then he started to realize because he had a mind change. You see, if your mind changes, your life changes. He realizes in his senses and his mind that his father has a better lifestyle for him. And I want to tell you today that God wants to remind you today. I told you it's not a condemning message. It's a message that says to you, the father has a better life. He's calling you back from the pig pen into that place, that place where he says, I want to give you everything, son. I want to give you everything, daughter. Everything. A minister and author, Norman Vincent Peale, said this, change your thoughts and you'll change your world. Change your thoughts and you'll change your world. Stop trying to change your world without your mind. Romans 12, 2, Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So many of us, we ask what God's will is for our lives in the pig pen. And God's saying to us today, listen, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to get into the place where you're not in dual citizenship of darkness and light. But you come into the light and it's in the light where truth comes. It's in the light where you'll see a way forward. It's in the light where you'll see that I am leading you in, in my will in your life. Oh, but I want to know your will, Lord. Tell me your will. You know, I'm just going to keep on enjoying myself in this place until you tell me something different. Then I'll change. No, we have to change our mind, renew it in the mind of Christ and change so that we can step out of the pig pen. See, I don't know what happened that day, but I reckon he probably had a contract with that guy that he couldn't just walk out and leave AWOL. He couldn't just say, I'm going, I've had enough. He was in debt to them. If he didn't have enough money to buy himself pig food, he was in a bad place. I don't know who you've hired yourself to, who you've given yourself over to, but listen to me. The name of Jesus is the power to break anything that is held on your life. Years ago, I went to Marks and Spencer. There are other shops in Cambridge, but 
Marks and Spencer is one of them, and I bought myself a new belt. I had this belt for two years. My dad taught me when I was younger that you can always take things back because they need to be fit for purpose. That's what he used to say to me. Take it back. It's got to be fit for purpose. But after two years, you're pushing it a little bit, aren't you? But it wasn't fit for purpose. The belt broke after two years. But I thought, well, it says on the back of the receipt that I can return it. So I returned it. And I went into M&S in Cambridge. And I queued up in the queue. My wife was there as well. And I'm queuing up in this queue. And there's people behind me in the queue. And I got my belt that's two years old. And I'm walking up. My heart's beating because I thought, I've got to tell them this. I've got to tell them, because it was an M&S belt, but I, I didn't have the receipt. And I took it up. Because it was an M&S belt, I thought, they've got to believe me. It says M&S on it. So I went up, and everyone was behind me. She says, how can I help you, sir? I said, well, I've got this belt. I bought it two years ago, and it's, it's broke. Can I have a new one? She looked at me and laughed. She said, what, two years? The whole queue laughed behind me. Do you know what she did? She said, well, sir, your statutory rights allow you to have another one, and it's not fit for purpose. I said, well, it's Italian leather. She said, go and choose another one. There you go. M&S is going to be a bust by the end of the day. <laughs> and so she said, go. so I happily walked past the whole crowd of people queuing up to buy their new belts, and I went and picked up a new belt and walked out of the shop. This is a true story. Now, the thing is, she said to me, your statutory rights, your rights, you can have this. Listen to me. There are statutory rights over you, and they are eternal statutory rights. Jesus Christ has bought you with a price. He's bought you with his blood. He's bought you, and he has not bought you to stay in a pig pen. So you can turn around to the hirer. You can turn around to the foreign citizen. You can turn around to the enemy. You can turn around to Satan. And you can say, I have my statutory rights. I have my receipt. I was bought with a price. I am bought with the precious blood of Christ. So let me go. Sounds like the Egyptians and the Israelites. Let me go. I believe that that day it doesn't tell us, but I believe that he'd have said to, he'd have said to this hirer, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sick of looking at pig muck. I'm sick of being here. I'm sick of looking at this food. I know because my mind has changed, there is something better for me at home. My father has so much better for me. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. It had been chasing him over the hills. I find it amazing, this story, that as he sets off, there is something inside the Father. There's something inside the Father. You see the Father, he responds to repentance. He responds to lives that say, I've had enough. I'm turning around and I'm running back to my Father. There's something inside the heartbeat of the Father that says this. I know someone is repenting. I know it. That's why he turns to the woman. He says, power has just left me. He knows that woman. He knows out of a crowd there is someone there that is begging for his mercy. And he turns around. Listen to me. The moment you turn around out of your pig pen, you make a step forward and you run for it and you leave and you cut off some of the stuff that you're getting involved in. Let me tell you, Jesus will help you and he will lead you and the Father is waiting for you. He's waiting for you. I find it so interesting, Ephesians 6, the first thing that it says out of the armor of God, the first one it mentions is the belt of truth. You see, when you get in your mind truth, you got power. Truth sets you free. Truth is what you need in your mind. The, the, the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. He's been a liar, it says, from the beginning. So he's very good at lying. He's really good at it. You think you're good at lying sometimes? He's really good. He has been doing it from the beginning of time. 
He's the father of lies. You need truth. The when you get truth, it's the first thing in Ephesians 6, just two chapters later. It says the belt of truth. Get truth. Get it in your mind. If you get truth in your mind, your actions begin to change. You'll begin to change in your life. You'll turn your life around. Stop waiting for a meeting to do it. A meeting doesn't change you. Jesus does. But you have to put it into action. Someone once said this, fill your head with God's word. You'll have no room left for Satan's lies. The more of the word of God you get in you, the less there is for Satan to attack. You can remind him the things that he's doing in your life. Colossians 3 verse 2, Paul says this, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. See, setting our mind doesn't fix our situation. But it changed our perception. You see, what happened is this. I don't know if you noticed this. He changes his mind. So now he gets truth about the Father. Now he gets truth about who the Father is. It doesn't change his situation. Truth in your mind renews your mind, but it takes action. You need perception, which leads to action. When you get perception, it won't solve your situation. But it will change your perception on life. Then it takes action. Number two is we need to change our actions. We need to change our actions. It says this in verse 22 of Ephesians 4. You were taught, Paul says, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, which we've just looked at. Then verse 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When I read verse 24, what I read is there's an action. You see, my mind changes. Now I'm asked to do something. The problem is we sometimes get as far as renewing the mind. We apply truth, but we stay in the pig pen and we don't take action. We are so listening to the devil. We're so fearful of leaving the pig pen because it's our new attachment. It's our lifestyle. I'm so comfortable here. I'm so used to this. If I walk out of here and I'm not feeling free, I'm going to end up here again. So I'm just going to stay here in my comfort zone. You can be renewed in your mind, but not take action. So he says he came to his senses, but then he took action. I can imagine him looking, thinking, I'm going to, when he's not looking, I'm going to jump over this fence and I'm off. And if he starts chasing me, I'm faster than them pigs. I'm going for it. And I hope my father's waiting. Let me tell you, you've got to take action. You have to put off your old self. Put on the new self. Do you know what some of us do sometimes? It's like, a, it's like a, a coat. You get a garment. What's happened is you get a garment and you, your garment becomes stained. There's guilt on it. There's names, accusations, things against you, stuff you've been doing, sins. And what we do is this. We show up to church on Sunday and instead of putting off our old self, we turn our jacket inside out. Now, I'm not going to try and do that today because I'll probably struggle. But it's true. What you do is this. You don't change your jacket. You don't put off your old self. You turn the jacket inside out. So then you can't see the stuff that's going on in your life. You're wearing the old jacket, but the other way around. Because you hide what's going on inside. Jesus doesn't want you to live with an old jacket inside out. He wants you to live with a jacket that's brand new. He wants to give you the lifestyle that when you walk in here, you're not condemned saying, I feel underweight by sin, but you are set free. The Bible talks in Romans about being set free from the law. The law, I always describe it like an, an overbearing husband. It's a, the law of God. It will never, ever, no one will ever fulfill the law. None of us can. Ten commandments, you ain't got a chance. That's why Jesus came. 
He came so that he could be the righteousness for you. I tell this to people all the time on the streets. I say, Jesus, he gave you righteousness. It's like the Paul says he credits it into our account. You're in the black, in the red, sorry. And Jesus wants to take you into the black. It's only him. The pure love of Jesus for you tells you today that he wants to take you out of red into black. We have to put off our old self. What does that mean? That means stopping some of the things we're doing. Take action. Take action. True repentance is when you change your actions. The son said, verse 18, I'll set out. He's got a plan now. So today, I, wanna, I, I just want you to say in your spirit right now, if this is you, I'm going to set out. I'm going to set out. I'm not going to just go home today and just do what I normally do. I am going to set out and I am going back to my dad. I'm going back to my father. I'm going back to the one who has everything I need. Don't stay in your pig pen of sin. The devil always has a legal right to foothold when you're in the pig pen. You say, oh, no, no, he doesn't. I'm a Christian. No, when you give the devil a foothold, I'll tell you what it does. Every foothold you give is leading to a stronghold. You give the enemy a foothold, you're on your way to a stronghold. Strongholds are very different to footholds. Footholds are giving the devil the devil a little bit into your life, but you give him legal right. Some of you right now, you know there are things in your life. I know it sounds sounds heavy this morning, but we've got to change because if we want to be a church that sees be on fire for revival, we've got to be people that are repentant. We've got to be people that are turning from our sin, including me, turning from our old wicked ways, looking to Jesus. So if you turn, he will respond. He will respond. Don't give the devil any chance for a foothold. I put here that staying in our pig pen will nullify your citizenship. Nullify doesn't mean it removes it. Nullify means it reduces it. You see, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. All the time he was in the pig pen, the inheritance didn't change. He said to his, the other son, when, when, when the younger son returns, the, the older son gets angry. You've read the story. We're not going to look at it now, but he gets angry. The father says, don't you realize everything I have is yours? In other words, I know I gave him a bit so he could go off to a foreign territory, but the thing is this, the house, the lot, everything, it's his. It's not mine. I'm giving it to you. It's the inheritance. And so the truth is this, that when you go into that foreign territory of life, what you're actually doing is nullifying your citizenship rights. You're away from the Father. You're not benefiting from everything that He has given you. And He calls you back so you can enjoy the fullness of everything He has for you. Romans 8 verse 2, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Finally, we need to change our position You see, you can change your perception, your mind. You change your actions. You say, I'm getting out of this place. I'm going to break myself free from my hirer. I'm going to break myself free from that which is holding me. I'm turning around and leaving. But the thing you've got to do is close the distance and come back to the Father. The Father wants you close to Him. When we're distant from the Father, we lose relationship. You You cannot have long distance relationship. It never works. You need to be with someone eventually. If you're going to have a long-distance relationship, hopefully your objective is to be with them at some point. So you need to close the distance to build the relationship. We need to change our position. Verse 30 of Ephesians chapter 4 says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do you know what? The parable's called the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Actually, I'd call it the parable of the grieving father. Why? Because the father is grieving. 
He's grieving like Ephesians 4 verse 30 says, the Holy Spirit grieves for you. Why does he grieve? Well, if you read, if you read all the things and all some talk that comes out of our mouths, the things that we do, the sinful things, sensuality, giving ourselves over to the old way of life, it doesn't say we lose the Holy Spirit. You are sealed and marked with him. But the Holy Spirit is grieved in His presence. He doesn't stick around unwholesome talk. He doesn't stick around these things. And so just like the prodigal son, you've got a father who's grieving, who says there's an inheritance here. Everything on paper says it's yours. But you're in the pig pen. I'm grieving for you, son. And I ain't chasing after you. I'm waiting for you. When people read that, they think, I've grieved the Holy Spirit. That's it. I've, he's left me. No. The grieving Holy Spirit is a, is a father, like the father, waiting for you to come back. He's not condemning you. He's saying, I just want you to come back into the right territory. He calls you back. Change your position. I put here that the lost son increased his inheritance when he removed the distance from his father. When he changed the distance, he gets closer to his dad. That's when it changes. He realizes that which he's got. Ephesians 4, Paul says this, we should put off things in our lives. Speak truthfully. Control our anger. Don't steal. And watch our language. Listen, do you know what? You can be a Christian. You can be getting angry with people. You can be speaking and wholesome talk out of your mouths. Paul says, get rid of this stuff. Get rid of slander, gossip. Listen, you, you feed off gossip, you're going into territory. And you're going to find yourself in territory you're going to find it hard to get out of. We need to get rid. Get rid of this stuff. Live lives of love. It's hard sometimes. You've got to get rid of it. And change your ways. You know, years ago, I, I'm going to be honest, I already have today, I've told you everything I've done in my life. But years ago, when I was a young lad, I gave my life to Jesus at a young age. And I used to go to church every week, and then I got involved in lots of stuff, drugs and things I've told you about before. I got involved, involved in things that were dark, and I used to go to church still because I went along with my parents. So, you know, I went along, and I got involved. And by the way, I was so good at putting on an act. No one knew. I wore my jacket inside out. And I got onto the worship team. I got onto the worship team and I played drums. Sometimes I'd be coming in after hangovers. And I'd walk down and get on the drums. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because this is real life. We're not here to play church. There are people here today. You know sometimes you've been functioning in roles, but you're living in foreign territory. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to tell you there's a way out. Because when I used to go there, I used to cry in my heart. Because I'd look out at the people, and they'd all be worshipping. They were so close to the Father, in my view, but I was so distant. But yet I looked to them like I was close. I could play the drums. I could do it. I could sound like I was a worshiper, but deep down in my heart, I was in foreign territory. But I didn't want to lose that last thing I got. I didn't want to lose my position. I didn't want to lose the place on the drums. Why? Because if I lose that, I'm deeper. That's it. I'm gone. I didn't tell anyone. People didn't know what was going on. But let me tell you this. When you're honest, you're repentant and you bow down to him and say, I'm sorry. Let me tell you, there's no joy in, in doing any function in a church when you're lukewarm. There's no joy. I don't enjoy it if I'm lukewarm. I want to be hot. Fire for Jesus. There are people right now in this room and you're pro probably thinking, that's me. Listen, you're in a good place today. Why? Because God wants to bring you back. He says, I'm son, daughter, I'm calling you back. Psalm 137, I'm just coming to a close now. If the worship team could come back, that'd be great. Psalm 137. It talks about the 
captors, the, the Israelites who were captured in Babylon. Verse 1 starts with, down by the rivers of Babylon. Not the song. A little bit later on it says this, that the tormentors and the captors that they had asked them to sing the songs of Zion. So they were saying to them, come on. These were their tormentors. They were saying, come on. We've heard about these songs. Sing them to us. Come on, sing. They turned around and said, how? How can we sing the songs of Zion? How can we sing these songs in a foreign land? Some of you right now, I was watching the songs this morning that came up, talked about that song in our hearts. Do you know what? Sometimes it's just words. You have not, you cannot sing the songs of Zion because you're in a foreign land. You can't sing the songs of Zion because you've found yourself in foreign territory. How, how can we do this? The tormentors and captors said, come on, sing to us. Sing to us those songs we heard about. The devil says to you today, come on, sing like you sang when you were a Christian, giving your life to Jesus for the first time. Sing like that. You can't because you're captured. You can't do it. Because you're in foreign land. The songs of Zion don't work in a foreign land. And Satan is like the captors. He's saying, come on, sing them to me. And you're saying, I can't. I can't sing. Because I'm not in Zion. Listen to me today. He wants you to bring you back. He wants you to bring you back. He wants to bring you back. So you can sing again in your heart. To him with joy, in love, peace in your heart. You can return back. Say, I want to sing the song, not with my mouth, but with my heart. Come on, let's stand in the presence of the Holy One, the Holy One of Israel, Jesus. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.